Praise God. If you grab your Bible, you can be seated. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to... good to come together. Amen. And uh, I know some are traveling, some are have family, there's some that are sick, and there's different situations and circumstances. And we are here. And I'm thankful for that. And I believe the Lord would talk to us tonight. And um, we're going to cover a little bit of scripture um, just a reminder, uh, we mentioned this Sunday, I'm going to keep reminding you for a little bit, um, I'm encouraging where possible uh, throughout the rest of this year uh, that you would be sitting with family, if you have immediate family here, uh, I think the Lord is, uh, I can't really explain that, I can only ask that. Um, and it may be good to, when you're sitting there, envision family being with you that maybe isn't yet in faith. I have faith for that tonight. I have faith for that. Amen? I really, really do. I look around this room and I, almost every one of you in this room, thinking you're pretty much every one of you in this room I know of some of your family that isn't here or and I have faith for them to be sitting with you in Jesus name praise God praise God I guess it's officially the holiday season can I give you a word of advice You know, Friday, they call it Black Friday, right? And uh, I was in retail for 10 years, 11 years, a little longer than that, really, because I left Walmart and went to another company for a year. But um, We live here in North America in a consumer mentality. Um, always wanting newer things, nicer things, nothing wrong with new things or nice things, you understand, I like nice things, uh, please don't misunderstand me, but there can be a lot of pressure this time of year, if we're not careful, pressure to spend beyond our means, special, or pressure to uh, compare or do things of that nature, can I encourage us as people of God not to fall into that trap? Let me encourage you that way. I'm not telling you not to buy gifts for people. I mean, I'm not telling you to do that either. But uh, I don't believe the Lord is pleased if we go into debt doing that. Amen? I believe the Lord's pleased if we go in debt doing that. Um, 
sometimes we can feel a lot of pressure. And so I'm encouraging you, don't give in to the pressure. Don't give in to the pressure. Um, amen? That's not what I want to talk about tonight, but it was on my heart in prayer this morning. And uh, you may hear that again this year. It's important that you not feel that. That is of the earth. That is of the God of this world. That pressure, that consumerism pressure. Um, so don't give in to it. Amen? Praise God. I mentioned Sunday um, that we would probably be in a vein for a little while. And um, I still feel that way. We'll just see what happens in the weeks ahead. Um, I think all of you were here Sunday. If not, I'm asking you to go back and listen to Sunday. And if, uh, if you're not able to make it on a Wednesday or Sunday, for whatever reason, please do your best to get to the podcast and listen think these things are very important for what the Lord is wanting to do with us and when I say us I mean the body of Christ and I'm believing that the Holy Ghost is and will continue to bring revelation understanding and spiritual impartation by his word and so I'm asking that you would seek to stay connected uh, through those things. Amen? All right, let's go. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, if you're able to follow along and while following along, be hearing and processing great. If you're not able to follow along and process, then you do better listening and looking. Do what helps you to receive and process the best, all right? Reading quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant or uninformed or unaware. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Verse number 2 could sort of fit with what we talked about, about not getting caught up in the holidays. Verse 3, wherefore I give you to understand. It's important. I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean someone's not able to speak those words. It means someone's not able to truly declare that Jesus is the Lord. Except by the indwelling Spirit of God, then He can truly be your Lord. Because when the Holy Ghost dwells in you, it means you've yielded yourself to Him to receive of His Spirit. Someone else may be able to say those words, but not mean it. That's what the Apostle Paul's saying. No one can truly say this but by the Holy Ghost. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. Everybody say differences. Everybody say diversities. 
but the same Lord. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So there's diversities of gifts. There's differences of administration. That's the way things are, the gifts are applied. There's diversities of operations. That's difference in how the gifts operate depending on the individual that God uses. But it's the same Lord. It's the same God. It's the same Spirit that works in all. All right? Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit through a man is given to profit the whole, is what that means. Not just, it's not given to benefit the individual. It's given to profit the whole. Verse 8, for to one, everybody say to one. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith. By the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing. By the same Spirit. Seeing a pattern here? To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But all these, it's all those gifts he just went through. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit. Dividing. Who's dividing? Who's doing this dividing? The spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he will. The spirit of the Lord divides giftings. As he wills. Alright. This is important. Now. The Apostle Paul has written all these verses about spiritual gifts. And their purpose is to profit with all. And they're given by the Spirit of God for purpose. And they may manifest themselves differently through individuals. They may be administered differently in different times, places, seasons. The operation of them may look different, but there will always be a witness of his spirit. Now, Paul shares all that, and then he transitions in verse 12. Now, he's not really transitioning. He's talking about the purpose of these gifts, and so he takes time, and this is where we're going to spend some time tonight. But we need to understand this, verse 12. For as the body is one, everybody say one, and it hath many members... And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Now you remember Sunday, we finished sort of the last few minutes talking about the body and the fact that we are the body of Christ. We're going to talk more about the body. Sunday was all intro. So that we understand the body of Christ was in the mind of God. The plan of God before the foundation of the world. We talked about all that Sunday. I'm not going to go through all that again. 
We're still in that same vein tonight. But we're going to talk about the body. And I'm trusting you to remember by the Holy Ghost, not by your intellect, what the Lord shared with us on Sunday regarding our place in His plan as we talk about the body tonight. So the body is one, many members, all the members one body, being many are one body. So also is Christ. That verse literally says, Christ has a body that's made up of many members. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to let that settle into our spirit. We need a fresh understanding given by the Holy Ghost. Revelation through the word of God and the spirit of God. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to register with you in days ahead. We read at the close Sunday, Jesus Christ is the head of the body. We are the body. And if you're not connected to the head through the body, then you're dying. We are the body of Christ in the earth. John 1 and 14, don't go there because I'm going to stay right here. John 1 and 14 says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Remember that verse? What was made flesh? The Word, the thought, the plan, the idea of God, the divine expression of God. God was made flesh. Was he spiritual? Not a trick question. Was he spiritual? Yes. But he was robed in flesh. Was he dead to the flesh? He didn't do the will of the flesh, did he? What did he do the will of? The will of the Father. Right? Which is the will of the Spirit. God is a... Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ was the Word, God in the flesh. He walked in His fleshly man, but He walked in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We agree with that. And because the living Word of God, some of you are going to hear me use this term. I don't think I used it at all Sunday, surprisingly. You can hear me use this term logos. That word in the Greek in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the logos. The logos was with God. The logos was God. And the logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Where did we behold the glory of God? Where did we behold the glory of the logos, the thought, the plan, the idea, the divine expression of God, which was God? Where do we behold that glory? In the face of? Signature question. Are you guys nervous? All right. 
we beheld the glory in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? That's what John 1.14 tells us. We understand that the word was made flesh is speaking of Jesus Christ. We beheld his glory. The flesh wasn't the glory. The flesh was simply the body was simply the avenue for the glory of God to be made manifested in the earth. Amen? We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's starting to register in your spirit. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a whole lot more I could say about that, but that'll probably come somewhere down the road. If you guys ever want to just come on a Saturday and spend about eight or nine hours, we could do all this at one time. I'm kidding. We're not really, but verse 14. I think that's where we're at. No, verse 13. So also is Christ. Verse 13. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's baptism in the Spirit. When they're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you and I became a part of the body of Christ. By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Gentiles, whether we're bond or free, and we've been all made to drink into one Spirit, verse 14. For the body is not one member. Everybody say, not one member. But many, verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird, but where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Verse 18, but now, everybody say now. Notice that's not future tense. Now, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. So here's what happens. You and I are baptized into one spirit. We receive the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost. The indwelling spirit of God, we now become a part of the body of Christ. We yield to that spirit if we choose not to follow after the flesh because we've died to the flesh. We went through the waters of baptism, which was the circumcision of our heart. So we now live according to the will of the spirit when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. And so now we're filled with the spirit. We're a part of the body. The Lord God places us in the body as it pleases him, not as it pleases me or you. He does the placing in the body. This is his design. This is his plan. And what we talked about Sunday, he had this in his plan before the foundation of the world. He knew where you and I would be in the body if we aligned with his design and his desire. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. He foreknew you and I. And he predestinated us to a place in his plan. 
We are free moral agents. So we can choose not to be in that place of his predestination. People say, well, if it's predestined, why do I have to try? Because I have a free will. My free will is I choose to be where he places me and participate in the logos, the plan, the fullness of God, the way he intends for me as part of his body. Or I choose my way, which is not to be in the place he's placed me. All right. God sets members in the body. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. Notice verse 24 here. For our comely parts have no need. But God. Everyone say, but God. Who placed the members in the body? Who did it? God. Now I want you to watch what else God does. God hath tempered the body together. What does that mean? He's tempered the body together. It literally means, this is the literal definition of that word tempered in this passage in the Greek. He has caused the parts to combine into an organic structure. You understand organic structure means a living, functioning structure. God hath caused the parts to combine into an organic structure, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Verse 25. Why would he do this? Here's why. That there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for Which part of the body is most important? Your part? My part? Brother Juan's part? Which part of the body is most significant? Which part of the body deserves the most care? We all understand no part's more important than the other. But the scripture is very clear. We are the body of Christ. And there should be no schism in the body. God placed you. 
And God tempered the body together into an organic living structure so that there would be no schism or place of separation, division in the body. And that we as members would have the same care for one another. I would care for Brother Lewis the same way I would seek to care for myself as my place in the body. We would seek to care for one another. Now, question. Is what we've just read how you see the body of the earth? the body of Christ functioning fully in the earth today? It's not a trick question. Is what we've just read how you see the body of Christ functioning fully in the earth today? I don't think so. And so what do we do? We have to seek the face and the will of God to know our place in His plan so that we fulfill our part and our place in the body of Christ. And we care for the other parts of the body the same as we care for ourselves. Understanding that the glory of God is not manifested through a part. The glory of God is manifested through the body. How does the world know that you and I are His disciples? Not by the way your life is lived. The world will know your, and you and I are His disciples by the love we have one toward Another. They don't know I'm his disciples because, because I can quote the word. They don't know I'm his disciple because I pray. They don't know I'm they know you and I are his disciple by the love we have one toward another. And we have to be honest with ourselves. I can't love Brother Lewis. I'm just picking on him because he's on the front. I can't love Brother Lewis the way God can. And I can't love Brother Lewis the way I should in my humanity. The only way this is possible is by the Holy Ghost. This is why the scripture teaches us the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And so what does that do? That self-same spirit would cause me to have the care for my brother that I would have for myself. That's not human compassion. That's the love of God being manifested through the body. And so I need His Spirit operative in my life, in my part, so that I can show the love of God toward, not to the world, it should, but to my brother. And that tells the world, we're His disciples. This is the function of... In the body. You and I are the body of Christ. Why do you think. That the adversary. Seeks when you go through a trial or a test. Or a, a period of uncertainty or you fill in the blank. Why do you think it is when you go through something that's a test or a trial or whatever you call it. Why is it then that the adversary seeks to cause you to pull back and separate and. Sort of 
be alone and as soon as church is over, you know, I just want to get out. I don't really want to talk to anybody. And why, you, I, you know, I don't want to take that call right now. And why, what is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's the adversary seeking to keep you from your connection and place in the body. Because the ministry from the head flows through the body. We understand this in the natural. My head doesn't tell my hand to pick up that phone. And then my hand jumps off the end of my arm, runs over there, picks it up, runs back, hands me the phone in my other hand and attaches itself back. You got to be like, what just happened? Right? We don't expect that. But somehow in our thinking, we think that the body works that way in the spiritual. And it doesn't. I'm not saying that we hook arms and we go everywhere together like this. You understand. But spiritually, we are workers together. Stand with me for a moment. Everybody doing all right? Amen. If you need to, move out of your seat a little bit. I want you to reach across and grab somebody's hand. Just connect hands. In front of you, beside you, behind you. There you go. Reach across the aisle. Connect behind you. You got it? Okay. Now, I want you to keep your hands together, but I want everybody to to spin to your left. Okay, now... Now walk to your right. Okay, all right. Somebody's going to get hurt. We better stop. Now, you, you can be seated again. Now watch. Do you see what that just did? That put strain and pressure on your hand, maybe your arms, maybe, right? You felt that? And you were limited in what you could do and where you could go. Why? Because everyone was moving in their own direction. Everyone was moving in their own direction. You say, well, we were all, oh yeah, we were all turning the same way, but we were all moving in our own direction. Notice, not one single group held hands in all three or four or five Spun is a big circle. Did, right? Everyone twisted on their own. See the difference? You say, well, we're all doing the same thing. That's not unity. The goal of the Lord working in us isn't that we're all doing the same thing. We start, you know why the enemy wants us to think that way? Or our humanity wants us to think that way? Because if we think, well, we're all doing the same thing, then we can compare and compete and measure among ourselves. And that just sows more division or separation. The goal isn't that we're all doing the same thing. The goal is that we're all receiving instruction from the head and working towards his purpose. 
And when we're all in tune with him as the body, and we're in tune and in fellowship because prayer and the word and the flow of his spirit to and through us, we'll all be moving the same direction and working toward the same purpose. His, not ours. That's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. You know, the danger, uh, last Wednesday night, was it last Wednesday night when we had different ones talk about the different? Two Wednesdays ago. Okay, thank you. A couple Wednesday nights ago, we had different ones come and share what was happening in their home groups or anger management. And Remember that? All right. And Bishop, at the end of that service, you may recall, at the end of that Bible study, Bishop said, now look, you don't need to go, oh, well, let's all try to do that. That's not the goal. Now, we should all be reaching to the lost. I believe that. But we can't get in the mode of going, well, I want to duplicate what the Rodriguez are doing in their home. I want to duplicate that. Well, if the Holy Ghost opens that door and gives you avenue and direction to do that, by all means, do it. But I'm not Brother Lewis. Brother Lewis is not me. We have different calling in the body. But we operate under the same spirit of ministry. That's why every five or six weeks or so, I don't have a set number of weeks, but ever so often I can ride with them to Mattawa and walk into the home there and meet Joe and Zenaida and Isidro and Amanda and those others and sit down and talk and fellowship and maybe I can... If God, the Lord so chooses, share the word for a couple of minutes and there's a flow of ministry immediately. Or Why does that happen? Because we're working the same direction in His purpose. But I'm not trying to be Him. But God placed us together in the body. We must have the same care for one another. If I see my brother or sister going through something, and my anybody, anybody ever anybody ever smash your hand with a finger or in a or with a finger, with a hammer or in a door or something? Anybody ever do that? All of us. Do you ever shake your head and say, you know what, a hand hadn't been cooperating with me all week? It probably deserved that. Maybe. I'll, Open that door again. Had it coming. Saw it. I could have told it. Well, of course not. You wouldn't treat your body that way. Would you? But if I'm not careful, I could see a part of the body go through something. God forbid I'd be quick to say, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, they sort of had that coming anyway. Maybe there could be truth to that. But as part of the body, I'm going to have care one for another. I'm going to have care one for another. I don't rejoice when my hand gets slammed in a door. 
even if I wasn't smart enough to get it out of there. Right? What do I do? I immediately, and I start caring for my hand because I hurt it, right? How do I function in the body of Christ? Do I have the same care for one another? Or do I avoid that? Oh, you know. <laughs> I can see something that just happened there. I'm just going to sort of keep my distance. Understand, we've got to be led of the Holy Ghost. But God deliver us from the world system of criticizing those in fault versus having care one for another. Amen? Oh, look, verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. If you, if you hear a brother or sister receive honor, obviously we would understand that ultimately that honor is for the Lord, but the scripture teaches us to give honor where honors do. If you hear a brother or sister receive honor, and there's something in you that feels jealous or says, you know what, I like the way they're getting honor. I think I'd like, maybe I could do something to get some honor myself. That's an indication I need the Lord to work in a place in my life. That's back to what Bishop shared a couple of weeks ago when he, at the end when he said, you know, if you're seeing, hey, those people got a little time and attention, maybe I'll do. Same thing. No, that's not what the body does. When I see a brother or sister honored, I rejoice in that. Man, I'm part of the body with them. I'm so thankful God's using them in that manner. Amen? We need to learn this. We need this to become a part of our spirit. I want it to be in my spirit. Because I want to be in his body. Amen? Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Chapter number three. We'll finish here. Chapter 3, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are all built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together. That's the same concept that we just read in 1 Corinthians. The body that God hath tempered together. Here we read it. Paul's writing says a building fitly framed together. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 2, not chapter 3. Thank you, brother. You guys are like, where in the world is he reading? It's right before chapter 3. Thank you. Verse 20, I'm on verse uh, 21 now. 
in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth. Notice, this is important. When the building's fitly framed, it grows. The growing is a product of being fitly framed. If it's not fitly framed, it can't grow. Why? Because if it grows, it's going to fall. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the parts fitly framed, the building can grow. You talk to anybody that's a builder, I'm not, at least not a carpenter, construction guy. If you don't get the cornerstone right, and the framing gets out of whack along the way, the higher up you get, the more you're going to see it. And it's going to be unstable at some point along the way. But a fitly framed building can grow. How does it grow? It grows to a holy temple in. Notice it doesn't say for the Lord. It says it grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. Why is it in the Lord? Because we're the body of Christ. Verse 22. In whom you also are builded together. Why are you and I builded together? For a habitation of God through the Spirit. That sounds a whole lot like John 1 and 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When we're fitly framed, we grow into a holy habitation of God. This is the plan of God. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Turn with me to chapter 4. I promise chapter 4. And we'll finish here. If we would have kept reading in 1 Corinthians 12... I stopped at verse 26. If we'd have read verse 27, you would think it sounds exactly like Ephesians 4 and verse number 11. We'll start there. Ephesians 4 and 11 says, And he gave some, this is talking of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give these different giftings in the body verse 12 tells us why we have different giftings in the body notice it matches what we read in 1 Corinthians 12 he did this for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry that's not two different things he did it for if you look he did it for the perfecting of the saints why should the saints be perfected that's made complete or made whole so that the saints could do the work of the ministry. Sometimes we read that like it's separate things. Well, he did it for the perfecting of the saints, and he did it for the... No, 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 no. This is a continuous building, one upon the other. The Lord builds the body together. He puts these gifts in the body in different members. We read about that in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul's just writing it differently in Ephesians 4. He did it for the perfecting of the saints. The perfecting of the saints is for the work of the ministry. 
The Lord completes you, makes you whole. That perfecting in you is so that you and I can do the work of the ministry. Why would we do the work of the ministry? For the edifying of what? The body of Christ. This is the plan of God. That's why the adversary wants you to say, nobody else is dealing with this, just me. Pull off by yourself. No, you're part of the body of Christ. And we're members in particular. Verse 13. Notice verse 13 is a continuation because verse 12 ended with a colon. This perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All this is happening until or till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or a complete man. Well, hold on a minute. I thought we were a body. We are. He's talking about the body here. Unto a perfect man. This is the body that's being talked about. Not you as an individual man. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The Lord is desiring to bring the body to a place. To where the body manifests his glory. In exactly the same way. That he did when he was walking the earth. In, wrapped in flesh as the man Christ Jesus. And so he's got to get us connected. In our place. So that we come to this place of unity in the faith. And the knowledge of the son of God. To a perfect man or a whole and complete body. To the measure. The, so the fullness of Christ is operating in us without. Notice that ends with a colon, which means something else is built on that. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Continuation, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. In all things, which is the head, even Christ. Notice colon, continuation. Verse 16. We're talking about now Christ the head. We're going to grow up into him. So we have Christ who is the head, who is now in heaven. Right? Set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The place of all authority. The body of Christ in the earth is filled with his spirit. You and I are members of the body filled with the spirit of God. But now that we're members filled with the Spirit, come here. Come here, brothers. Now that we're stand right here. Stand right here. Now that we're members filled with the Spirit, He has to get us connected in the body. Walk with me. So that we are a body, not that we're a bunch of individual members off doing our own thing. That's chaos. We may have some success along the way. That's dangerous because then we think, hey, I can do this on my own. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm much more a conduit of the Spirit of God. I'm much more a vessel of God. When we are knit together by His design, fitly framed together, a holy habitation that grows up into the Lord. And so the Lord fills us with His Spirit and then seeks to connect us. That's the placing in the body. 
He didn't place us so we can all be in our places like this. He placed us so we can be connected. A shoulder, a forearm, a hand, whatever that looks like. And then the glory of God is manifested in the earth. Thank you. So the body fitly joined. Oh. This is the plan of the Lord, that we grow up into the head. Okay, now verse 16. It's talking about the head. From whom the whole body, again, it's not talking about parts now. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. That's what we were just trying to example, fitly joined together. And compacted, everybody say compacted. That's a lot like he hath tempered together that we read in verse 12 or in 1 Corinthians 12 and like we read fitly framed that we just read in Ephesians 2 now he's telling us the head we've got the body that's joined together and the head when we're joined together it's compacted what does compacted mean? exactly what you think it means it causes us to join together and to come together. What causes the body to join together and come together in a greater measure to where it's compacted versus loosely joined together? That which every joint supplies. body is fitly joined together by God he places us in the body and it's compacted by that which every joint supplies it's strengthened and it's tempered together fitly framed together not by what each individual part does but by what's supplied and can only be supplied by the joint. Do you see why the adversary wants to separate you? I need my brother. When the Lord connects us, then this joint, if I don't resist God's joining, well, you know, we're different. I'm tall, he's shorter than I. I'm a beanpole. He's built well. I, you know, I, oh, I got gray hair. He doesn't. I, all these things. We No, we don't compare ourselves. He placed us in the body. He chose this connection. I didn't choose this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I wouldn't have chose this connection. Not, that's not against Brother Lewis. I just wouldn't have thought that way. Why would the Lord bring a kid from Arkansas to northwestern United States... Bring me to, yeah. why would he bring a young man from Texas up to Washington and somewhere along the way calls us. I remember the first time we ever met and stood and talked in front of our porch in Hera out there in the house we were living. Why would God do that? The Lord saw through time before the foundation of the world. And he saw our place in the body. 
And he saw one day, I'm going to take this child that's lost and this one that's lost, and I'm going to fill them with my spirit. And in the journey, if they'll yield to my voice, if they'll be obedient to my voice, there's going to be a time where I connect them in the body. And there's going to come a fit framing together in the body. What happened? And it happens along the journey. I remember, And the Lord saw fit to connect him to this young man by relation. But it was far more than familial relation. It was a spiritual connection. God ordained. And then somewhere along the way, through this man, there was an invitation that I came into their home. And we were connected in the body by the design of God before the foundation of the world. And you know what strengthens it? The joints. When we're joined, there's something supplied at the joints. Do you understand? I know I've said this, but we need to let this get in our spirit. Do you understand why the adversary wants you to have aught in your spirit against your brother or your sister? Because if you'll hold a little resentment or a little grudge, or a little bitterness, or a little comparison, or a little measuring, or a little backbiting. If you'll give room to any of that, what are you doing? You're taking away from the joint. And it affects the whole body. But the body's fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. According to the effectual working in the measure of every, everybody say every, every part. And then you know what happens? The body makes increase of itself unto the edifying of itself in love. There's a period there. Stand with me tonight. You and I are members of the body of Christ. This is the design of God from before the foundation of the world. People make the statement, I belong to this church. You understand, ultimately, there's only one church because the church is the body of Christ. And so what does that do to me? The book of John, I think it's John chapter 10. You don't have to go there, Brother Jeremiah. I think it's John chapter 10 where we read that Jesus said, if any man come into the sheepfold any other way, he's a thief and a robber because he said, I'm the door. He said, I'm the good shepherd. He goes on to say, he said, and I have sheep. Jesus was speaking. He said, I have sheep that are not yet in the fold. Them also I must bring. There are members of the body that are just like you and I once were, that are not yet in the body. 
will use us. As we come in a spirit of unity and are receiving our instruction from the head, he will use us to reach to them and he'll set them in the body as it pleases him. This is important. This is what the scripture is saying. The joints, something happens when the joints come together the way they're intended. Something's supplied and then it starts doing something in every part. And what starts happening in every part then causes an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. This is why man cannot and never will build the church of God. It is a work of the Spirit of God. We simply have to get in alignment with His will and our place in the body of Christ. Would you pray with me before we go tonight? Jesus, Your Word cannot fail and we are so thankful tonight for Your Word. I thank you for the body of Christ and for every member in particular. I thank you for my brother, for my sister. I pray right now, Father, forgive me of any ill word, any entertained thought that thought ill or spoke negatively of my brother or sister. Search my heart, my mind, my soul, and my spirit that there be no aught, no bitterness, no offense in my spirit towards my brother or my sister. But I pray a purity and a knitting together according to your design. That the ministry of the Spirit of God and the manifestation of the glory of God would take place. As you intend through your body to minister to this lost and dying world of which you are the only hope. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Open our understanding, Father. Open our understanding to the significance of what you've done and where you've placed us in this hour. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Reuben, I'd like you to come. Please. I'd like us to, uh, before we leave tonight, there, there's not many here, uh, which I'm not concerned about that. I'd like us to all just come together up here, if we could, please. Come on in, we're not going to bite anybody, I don't think. Praise God. All right, I'm going to give him a minute. Maybe you can take a step back, Brother Zari. We'll step towards you. I'll let some of you guys just come on right around in here. Slide on in here if you don't mind. There you go. That way everybody can get in. The I think everyone's pretty much aware um, that Sammy had surgery on Monday. said it went well uh, but the body now needs to heal 
and uh, it can be tough watching and hearing your seven, almost next month, your seven-year-old boy be in pain. It's tough when you're in pain. It's really tough when your kid's in pain and you can't do anything. And the Lord is working in this process. Um, Reuben and Vanessa have recognized and acknowledged that. Um, but that doesn't always make it easy. It just gives you peace. And I've watched them navigate this with tremendous peace. But I want us to pray tonight. And we're going to pray for Brother Reuben and Sister Vanessa, but we're also going to pray with Brother Reuben here in his son's stead that the Lord will reach to Sammy there in Seattle Children's Hospital where he is and that the will and the work of God would be fulfilled there. Would you agree with me tonight? This is the work of the body. When one suffers, we suffer with it. Amen? Let's pray together right now. Would you do that with me? In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we agree. We agree tonight in Jesus' name. So, brethren, pray here. Father, we agree for your ministry in our brother and sister. I pray for Reuben and for Vanessa tonight. I thank you for your strength and your peace that has been prevalent as they have, they have stood on your word and held fast to you. I pray the ministry of your spirit tonight, Reuben, to Vanessa. Reach to her there in Seattle. Let the peace of God surround this dad and this mom. Let the assurance of God and the voice of God speak to them through this. Let your will be wrought in all of this, I pray. We pray for Samuel tonight. I pray the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let muscles and sinew and bones and nerves be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. By your stripes, you've already paid the price. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise, Father. We magnify and honor you tonight. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. May your thanksgiving be blessed. I am thankful for every one of you. And that God saw fit to connect us in his body. Have a great evening.